should be. Good Lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis? Uh, Aurora Borealis! At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. That's it? Yes. Recording now. Yeah, we're, we're recording. Uh, welcome to God is Open. I'm your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, it's it's an impromptu God is Open um, in response to Chris Date telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to Hebrew. Therefore, I'm wrong and he's right. So in my experience, when it comes to languages, anyone who is saying, oh, I'm a language scholar, and so this verse means explicitly what I'm saying and nothing else, those people are typically just wrong and full of themselves. And even though they might be able to read the language, they, they don't, they fundamentally misunderstand how language works. And so Chris Date says, I am definitely wrong about this specific thing. So I brought Craig Fisher, my dad, uh, who knows Hebrew. What, what's your Hebrew credentials, father? I've been studying Hebrew for a long time and uh, I've been in Israel twice for three months studying Hebrew language and taking courses at Jerusalem University College. Uh, Jerusalem University, that's that sounds pretty prestigious. It might be legit. I don't know. But uh, Chris Date thinks I don't know Hebrew. And yeah, by all means, he's right. But but I can read. That that is that is one skill that I do have reading. It's it's fantastic. So let's hear what Chris Date has to say about me. And how terrible I am. Um, after the Q&A, just, uh, you know, a minute or two. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So we'll start with the first question. Um, this one is from uh, Chris Fisher. Uh, question for Chris. How can he claim timelessness for God inhabiting eternity when the same phrase is used of man in Psalms 37, 29? <clears throat> Was he even aware of this? Yeah, I would encourage um, Chris Fisher to learn some Hebrew because it's not, in fact, used. So the Hebrew phrase in Isaiah 57, 15 for inhabiting um, eternity is, um, uh, let me pull it up here. It's Eshkon uh, V'et, no, no, that's not that one. Hold on. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I just I just got done. I'm eating my own crow now. I'm trying to find a specific text here. Uh, why does this look wrong? Um, the one who is high and lifted up, um, whose name is Holy. Yeah. Uh, no, that's crushed. Okay, for some reason I'm having I'm having a hard time finding it in Isaiah 57:15. But in Psalm 37:29, it's not inhabits eternity at all. That much I can tell you. It's um it's the righteous shall inherit the land, that's the eretz, that's Hebrew. And then it says uh la'ad aleha um will dwell upon uh upon it. The thing that 
uh, or, or, or the, the odd here is referenced back to the earth that the righteous shall inherit. So this isn't this isn't saying they're going to inherit eternity. Odd can has a range of meanings, and the range of which meaning is used in the original Hebrew is determined by the context. I wish I could go back. I wish I could find the text. And oh, I found it. Uh, Shokane odd. That's dwell. Eternity, dwell in uh, eternity. It's that's not the same phrase used in the psalm. Sorry. All right, so I'll be switch switching over to my computer screen so we can pull up the text in Hebrew next to each other to compare. But what are your initial thoughts about this? Well, I think first of all, he's looking at a verb that's intransitive, and when you say inhabits eternity, you make it sound like almost like it should take a direct object or something, but it doesn't. It just means to live in or to to uh, to sit down, really, to sit down and and, uh, and live in something. <clears throat> and so the verb, uh, which he has la'ad, which he says forever or whatever, he inhabits, it just means to live forever. It, it's, uh, it's functioning as an adverb. It's modifying the duration of time that the shikan, that the dwelling, the one who sits or dwells, uh, that's how long that he'll live. It's, it's, it's not a direct object. It's, it's not meant to be. So if you go... Uh, so so real, real quick, I, I got pulled up on our screen, Esword, and the only two times in the Bible these two words are used in succession are Psalms... 37:29 and Isaiah 57:15. They're highlighted on the screen. Uh, they're they're the exact same words. They're right next to each other. And Chris State says Chris Fisher doesn't know what he's talking about. The same phrase is not used in both verses. Is that accurate? No, that's not accurate because the same word is just a different conjugation. Because one's talking about the righteous. That's in plural. And so you have to, to take the singular version in Isaiah 57, 15. It mean, means the Lord dwells odd in perpetuity. Odd means in perpetuity. It doesn't refer to some realm where you're existing forever. You've existed always in the, in the past, and you're existing always now and in, in the future. It's, it's not referring to some state that you're in or some fourth dimension or something. It's just, it means in perpetuity. And so here the righteous will inherit the land. They're, they're going to live in perpetuity also. But they've not lived in the past forever. They were created in a specific point in time. And it says that they will dwell, la'ad, forever. That, that preposition, lamad, in front of the odd, is, is just an indicator uh, of the accusative adverbial use of the the term odd, which means in perpetuity, it means uh, he, they, they will live um, from the future to the future. Uh, where it talks about God in Isaiah 57, 15, he's living now in odd, and he will live in the future in perpetuity. <clears throat> and it's functioning as, a, as an adverb, it's not functioning. And it's it's kind of ridiculous because in Psalm thirty-seven twenty-nine, there are clearly two sentences: "The righteous shall inherit the land." The second sentence, introduced by a vav, that's the vayiktal form, 
that that's introducing a new sentence and they will dwell in perpetuity in it in in the land and i don't know how he can force land into something I don't know how we tried to to uh, confuse the two sentences in Psalm thirty-seven twenty-nine. As you have to be logical in order in, in order to logically refute something, you have to refute something that's logical. <laughs> and and so so basically, his argument, from what I gathered, and I thought it was a pretty hilarious argument, was because uh, the same words are used in both sentences, but because certain prepositions are used in one and not in the other, then they're not the same phrase, and they mean uh, completely different things. Even though it's the same words, it means uh, if it's talking about man, it's about living in the land. If it's talking about God, it's about timelessness. Because of that preposition, also they're not the same phrase. And so yeah, I think it's absolutely that, ridiculous claim. Yeah, in the Hebrew, and, and he should know this, is a lot of times they introduce a direct object with et, but sometimes uh, you use different prepositions that function for the same way as you do et. And, and, and this preposition here, it, it makes no difference on the interpretation. It's, it's just used as a marker to indicate that it's being used adverbally, like Isaiah 57, 15, where it's, the preposition isn't there. It's the same sentence. It has the same verb. They dwell. It has the same word that's a noun masculine singular, odd, meaning perpetuity. And so it's virtually saying the same thing. But but I have to tell them that odd is used of people quite a few times in the Old Testament, but with a different verb, verb like they'll, they'll live forever or something like that. It's it's not restricted to God, and it doesn't absolutely doesn't mean uh, some timeless event that's speaking of the past, present, and future as being all together and in one atemporal uh, situation. It's it's that's a ridiculous argument. Yeah, his argument. I know Hebrew, therefore this means my timeless <laughs> eternity, and uh, no one could argue with me because I'm a Hebrew scholar. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't buy that. I people tend to inflate their credentials, and they tend to fundamentally misunderstand language. I, I pulled up various translations. These, these are people, uh, whoever translated the NIV, hate them or love them. They probably knew Hebrew. A he who lives forever. Yeah, that's a that's a good translation. It doesn't signify anything in my mind um, that uh, he's outside of time, right? Um, a he who lives forever, New American Standard Bible. This is a valid translation. It's a valid alternative reading. And so my drinking game that I had suggested for this debate, which I don't know how many shots I was going to have to even take because he really didn't talk about the biblical proof text that much. But the, the game was that you take one shot for every time they just talk about how they read a verse rather than proving that how they read the verse is the right way to take that verse. That that was my drinking game. So maybe I would have taken, I don't know, like three shots. So it, that, I probably... That interpretation is, is just totally irrelevant. You got the, the Bible hub up for Psalm 37, 29? Hit yeah, I, th yeah hit I think I do. Give me two seconds. I'll pull that up. All right, here we go. You see that? The 5703 up there and has an E after it. 
Yeah. That's underneath it says forever, but if you just hit the 5703, can you hit that? Uh, click in. Okay, look, it says adverb perpetuity. <laughs> That's the meaning of the word. It's, it's uh, used as an adverb, and it means in, in perpetuity. It doesn't mean uh, the eternal now, like in Augustine or Plotinus or whatever. So we could actually go take a look at 5703. If you have Bible software, you could just do a quick search on that word. I got this on a tiny screen over here, so I got to move this in order to do this search. But you're going to find uh, tons of times that this is actually used and often in conjunction with man. It's So it's not like there's not anything special about these words that mean his timeless eternity. It's it's pretty bad strategy to proof text like that anyways. Like there's a random verse in the middle of a chapter that is just talking about timeless eternity. Well, what's the context? Does is is that what the context is talking about? Pointing us to that interpretation? So yeah, the if, Lord will reign forever and ever. Yeah, that makes sense. If you if you go back to that 5703 on that definition and you look the way it's used in the New American Standard Translation, it says um Go back to 57 over there. Go down a bit, and you'll see how the New American Standard translates it. So when, every time it's used, it's continually, eternal, ever, forever, forever, forevermore, old, or perpetual. It's not used like eternity. Yeah, so I just thought that was funny. I thought that would be something that we could quick clear up. And so people don't do this. You know, when, when someone tries to dazzle people with their Greek or Hebrew skills, um, you know, they could dazzle them in the moment, but um, they're easy to get called out on if you just introduce any scholarly commentary to to the circumstances. I, I remember when I was talking about uh, the middle use in when, uh, when we're talking about Acts. Do the people, do they uh, appoint themselves to eternal life or not? And there are plenty of scholars who said, yeah, that, that is definitely a middle. There's some scholars who hand-waved it, said, oh, no, that can't possibly be that. And there's some who didn't even consider the question. But there are definitely some who agreed, yeah, that's a middle translation. So scholars tend to be all over the place. And trying to use your language skills to try to bludgeon someone into a specific meaning, um, I, I think that is just, it, it's a debate tactic. And I think it's a very shady debate tactic. And... Uh, if if you have some basic knowledge of the function of language, they're they're pretty easy to refute. But it's basically an argument to credentials, an argument from expertise. I'm an expert. I'm right, and you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, the, the, to take that word shikan, which is used 128 times, whatever, and is one of the words that you memorize when you're memorizing 101 Hebrew. It just means to live or to dwell. It doesn't take a direct object like inhabit eternity. That's, that's just totally a baseless uh, translation of that. All right. So that's uh, all I got for us tonight. Any closing comments? You didn't, you didn't even know about this debate. I pointed it out to you. You're like, oh, there's a debate that happened? No, I guess it was this weekend, but this is Friday, not Saturday. Right. So you'll probably have to go watch that. It is interesting. And uh, is it on your website? 
Uh, no, well, it's on the God is Open Facebook page. There is a direct link. And, uh, oh, man, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, do I still have this pulled up? I still got this pulled up. It's from this guy, Explore Christianity. It's called Does Open Theism Best Explain the Biblical Data? And it's re really interesting because Chris Date doesn't actually argue in the debate that there's a better explanation of the data. He just criticizes open theists' reading of various texts. And from there, he seems to just assume, therefore, it's not the best explanation of the data. I don't, uh, th it's, this is a Calvinist tendency not to actually argue the point at hand, but argue some, some red herring, right? Um, don't show, yeah. You have to be real careful. You know, if you claim to be an expert in something and then to make a claim, like if you knew Hebrew, then this would be totally different than you expected is. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going to pull that up again just for effect. Let's see. I'll go stop screen, share my desktop, share that, and I'll just pull up eSword. And, oh, I'm going to have to research it. Uh-oh. Uh, inhabit eternity. So you just take those words, you just plug it in, uh, you take out all the English. You don't need the English there, and then uh, you could just you could just see that that phrase is used in that the words are next to each other. You could switch to the Hebrew, and then uh, you could say, "Oh look, in the Hebrew, it's the same words used in the same sequence right next to each other." I, I think perhaps that might indicate it's the same phrase. Just maybe, I don't know. Maybe that is some evidence that it is the same phrase. All right, so uh, we'll we'll leave everyone there. But uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and uh, God bless. Gotta hit the end broadcast now.